Many of us have grown up playing with Lego, you know, those building blocks made from plastic. But did you realize that Lego can be used by trainers and facilitators, people like you and me, to help our clients to think creatively, to come up with new approaches and to break through challenges? The Lego group developed Lego Serious Play, as it's called, as a facilitation methodology in the late 1990s. And then about 11 years ago in 2010, they made it open source, which means they gave direction of it and development control of it to the community to run with it and to develop it further. Interestingly, even today, many people in learning and development aren't aware that we can use Lego not just as a toy, but as a tool in our training and workshops. My guest today is Michael Fern. He's speaking to me live from Melbourne in Australia. And Michael's going to explain why Lego Serious Play is still not widely known in the talent development community, but why it should be, because there are so many reasons and ways to use it, and of course benefits from using it. Michael has loads to tell us about his business, how he came across Lego, developed the LSP brand, and how he helps his clients in a range of industries in online workshops and face-to-face facilitation programs using his particular take on the Lego Serious Play methodology. In today's episode, what exactly is Lego Serious Play? Which organizations use Lego Serious Play for which reasons? How you can, if you're interested, get certified in Lego Serious Play to offer this to your uh, clients? Which Lego Serious Play resources are out there for free? what the LSP method is that Michael has developed and the LSP community, which he built around that brand of his, and what exactly is in Michael Fern's book and how you can get your hands on a copy of it. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark. It's my privilege each week to welcome you to the show. If this is your first time here, welcome. It's my pleasure to know that you're listening. And if you've not come across us before, it's, it's going to be a wonderful journey in helping you to help people just like us, because this is what it's all about. It's about the show for trainers, for facilitators, for coaches, people whose business, whose livelihood is built on the basis of developing programs and workshops and working with people who need you to help them to be the best that they can be. Wherever you are on that journey, whether it's starting or thinking of starting, or perhaps you're in the middle of running your business as a coach, consultant, facilitator, then this is the show for you. And you'll find episodes past, present, and future on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Apple or Spotify or something else. And if you listen to the archives, we've got loads of episodes, over 169 episodes so far, talking to huge names in the world of training and development. And all those episodes are there for you for free whenever you want to access them. Every Thursday, there is, without fail, a podcast waiting for you on your podcast platform of choice. Can I therefore ask you to do a small thing for me, which is to click subscribe, because this costs absolutely nothing, takes a couple of seconds to do, and ensures that the the word is spread and helps the show to go viral, or at least to be brought to people who have the kinds of challenges that you and I face as people running our own training, coaching, facilitation brand. And that's really the goal of why I've started this, which is to help people like me 
and people like you. And it's wonderful to know that you're finding value in this. Michael, hi, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark, how are you going? So you're talking to me this morning from Melbourne in Australia. Yeah, Melbourne, Australia, all the way down there. So we're a fair way off all the way down here, but um, yeah, looking forward to it. And so just before we pressed record, you said that you're about to go in and do your first on-site or face-to-face training in over a year. What's that like? What's that been like that that, that past year of not being able to engage with people face-to-face? Um, I think it's been, for me, it's been selective about what I do online. So as we're going to talk about, the Lego Serious Play method is a very physical one. And so there's things you can do online and things that I didn't want to do online. So I think it's been okay. I've, I've enjoyed the the year and a half in virtual land, um, but very much looking forward to almost getting back to the full suite of, you know, being in the room. And I think one tip that I've, I've, I've really missed, or one thing I've really missed is being able to read the room as a trainer, as a facilitator. Um, just that feedback that it's almost like the nuances of scanning the room. So I've really missed that and looking forward to, to, to doing that again. So your background, briefly, you studied psychology at uni, then you worked for uh, one of the big four, KPMG, in management consulting. Um, I'm curious about what prompted you to take the leap into training people, to working with people through a methodology. I mean, Lego Serious Play, which we'll talk about, is is one such methodology. But just for yourself right now, so people can uh, listen to your reasons and rationale for joining the rest of us in the training business, what was that like? Well, I think in terms of training, it was I started off in the HR field and I did a bit of employee relations and all respect to people who work in employee relations. It's a tough gig. But I just I guess I, I like the idea of helping people to be better and to 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 learn skills and to sort of progress and towards some sort of vision and some sort of future of their own career. So that's where it started and that was as part of a big organization. Um, in terms of making the leap to myself as a sort of independent person, um, running my own business as a trainer and facilitator, um, KPMG were fantastic. That's where I learned my craft, um, but they were a little too conservative for my liking. So in terms of there were things I wanted to do, but there was, you know, like any big organization, management layers that were, there were barriers. And so I jumped out, started doing my own, my own thing. And interestingly, you know, KPMG hired me back in to do a lot of the things that I probably would have done internally anyway. But, um, but yeah, so that was, that was the leap, just wanting to do innovative things. It wasn't Lego at the time. It was other things, and it was it was a good four or five years after I I started my own business that I came across Lego Serious Play. But it was always just doing things differently and and trying to sort of spark that conversation and get people to think differently that that really drove me to that. And people thinking Lego, can you actually train with Lego? That was my first thought when I came across Lego Serious Play. It sounded like a contradiction in terms. You know, how do you seriously play with Lego? Um, and I grew up with it. Um, you know, it's a Danish toy. Um, it's, but it's been nearly 20 years since Lego Serious Play was developed. Um, and, and you have a story there about how Lego Group developed it in the early 90s or late 90s, early 2000s. Let's, let's talk about where it comes from and why, why a toy has been made into a, a tool for training and facilitation. Yeah, so back in, in that time, the late 90s, early 2000s, there were um, a couple of um, professors from a, a Swiss university, IMD, so it was Johan Ruse and Barb Victor, and they were they were running some sessions for the Lego group, and they ended up chatting with the owner of the, the Lego group, and they were all lamenting the, the state of corporate strategy. So think of, you know, C-suite in a boardroom, 
trying to do strategy and it was just the same old, you know, let's wheel out what we did last year, make a few changes. It was boring PowerPoints and it just wasn't a lot of innovation and creativity in that process. And so these three chatted and they were lamenting that, that poor state. And so that's where Lego Series Play was developed as a, as a way to do strategy and do it better and enliven it. And so the Lego group sort of um, championed it and there was a sort of research side of it as well as a practical development team and yeah for 10 years they they really developed it and honed it and what was interesting about about that story is that they they were trying to make it into some sort of business consulting unit within the lego group so they got this wonderful method they tested it worked they refined it and they were licensing it out but they started to realize that it you know that wasn't their thing their thing was making bricks and selling it to kids and you know all that play and learning and fun um, and so what they did in uh, 2010 is they open sourced it. So they just they, they released it to the world. They did a little open source document, which was the very basics of the method. But they they essentially handed it over to the community to um, then run with it. And that's what we've been doing the last 10, 11 years. So from that genesis of strategy and corporate world, it's now sort of blossomed out into lots of different areas. And and uh, the corp- the sort of community has really run with it and and built it up to what it is today. So you mentioned the open source documents. Is that literally is a document to which people listening could access and understand the, the, the methodology, the framework for Lego Series Play? Is that correct? Yes, to an extent. So, I mean, it's a document that's 11 years old now and the, the method and it not has evolved that far, but reading it like now, there's other resources, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So it's definitely a good read and type into Google open source document Lego Series Play and read it. But I, 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 that doesn't give you the full picture. And there are there are books out there, there are courses out there. Um, it's a good start, and it, it shows you where it started. But um, I think there's there's even more you can go on from there. So we'll come to the resources that people might like to access if they think of or if they think they'd like to go down the road of of certifying in Lego Series Play. But let's talk about the uses first of all. What can facilitators use Lego Series Play for? You've mentioned strategy. Um, what else comes to mind in terms of uses of this as a, as a, a tool? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go through like a long list of areas that I've used it and the people I've trained have used it, but I can do that. But it's it's almost, you almost have to take a step back and understand what Lego Series Play is. It's, it's essentially just a way to have a conversation it's a different way and so what you end up doing is it's a meeting and a workshop technique where you go in and instead of powerpoint or in post-it notes or just a verbal conversation what you do is you use the lego to help enhance the conversation and and essentially it's just asking questions that you're probably already asking in meetings and workshops and getting people to answer that by building in lego and so they build a model and then they share the story of that model. And then from that, you get a better conversation, interesting insights, more creativity. So in essence, it could be used in almost any conversation. It's, it's just a way to have a conversation. But where, where it's mostly used, just to give you a bit more context around that, so definitely strategy and a lot in, in vision. I do a lot of vision work. So it's looking to the future of a team or a company. I mostly work with teams, but you can do it at the company level. And so a vision for a future Um, My background is HR, so I use it a lot in culture, in change management, in collaboration and innovation. So I might use it in a a workshop where we want to understand how to collaborate better or we want to have a vision of our culture um, and things like that. Or we're going through a massive transformation, a massive change, and you get people to express where they're at, where they want to be, and the gap between it. So, And you can do all this using the Lego. So those are some areas that I use it. 
other areas for people that are trained are things like user experience and service design, customer experience. They, they use that a lot because it, it meshes nicely with their their workshop toolkit that they're already doing. Um, I teach a lot of people from marketing. So marketing really love the story aspect of this and you can use it for like customer focus and research. Um, I teach a lot of people at university. So usually academics that either use it in teaching, so with their students to really help and understand the learning you know, points that you want to get across, um, but also into like interdepartmental and research. And it just goes on and on. Coaching, you can use it one-on-one coaching. Um, and there's just weird and wonderful things. Just as a, a weird and wonderful example, I taught an academic who here in Australia who went and used it with people in Papua New Guinea, in East uh, Timor-Leste, and it was Indigenous people that had never seen Lego before, and it was a community development program where they wanted people to express, you know, their thoughts around community development. What do they want to see in the community? And they used Lego, never touched it before, never seen it before, and they used that to express what they wanted from these projects. And so, yeah, it's just weird and wonderful. So a whole range of applications. And if people listening to this might think, well, that that sounds a bit um, left of field or, you know, out there somewhere. Um, Organizations like NASA, Google, SAP, the big German software giant, eBay, they've all used um, Lego Serious Play. Can you think of other organizations, even by name, that you're familiar with in terms of how they take it and apply it internally? Yes, sure. So I think with all this, I can, again, list off a whole bunch of names, but it's usually, it's not whole organizations. So, you know, the whole of, say, I've worked again back with KPMG. So it's not the whole of KPMG that are sitting down and playing with Lego in every meeting. What you find with these organizations is there are innovative and creative people within it that are pushing the boundaries and they want to use new methods to change the conversation. And so you end up with these pockets. So it's less this sort of industry or this sort of um field it's more this type of person that likes to use it and so look here in australia i've I've pretty much done all the big four um so like ernst and young um kpmg some of the big banks here um i've actually done it back with the lego group themselves um so i taught some of them how to use this method um and yeah look there's just company after company are, uh, are using it and it's just a long long list um, and like I said, it's the innovative people within those organizations that are, that are getting the benefits from it. So what does someone need if we think of the ingredients? Now, the obvious one uh, is Lego. We need some Lego serious play uh, tools. Um, but when we talked first, you mentioned the official kit. Um, is there a reason why we'd use an official kit and not ordinary Lego? I suppose we could use Darth uh, Vader and other Star Wars figures. I'm not sure that gets us into trouble. Um, you know, with it with, could. It could. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, what kind of toolkit is there? Well, going back, there's there's a little secret with Lego series players. You don't even have to use Lego. Like honestly, it's just a it's it's the best material. But if you want to use other things as well, if you want to use any type of Lego, that's fine too. So the process and the steps that you go through and you learn can be used with almost any material. Now, Lego has a few factors that make it, you know, have an advantage with it. One of it is the brand recognition and the fact that we immediately see Lego and we fall into this play childlike state where we get back to our creative, you know, storytelling selves. Um, It is very accessible um, and it's, it's, because it's a bit like the top brand at the moment around the world, it just has that, it opens doors is, is what I'm trying to say. So you can use any Lego. The Lego kits, the, the official Lego series play kits are great because they have just the right, just the right mix of generic Lego. And the reason why you want generic Lego is you want to allow people to um, bring their own stories and bring their own metaphors 
to the conversation. Now, if you have Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, suddenly a lot of the stories and the things that you're telling have are influenced by that. So you don't want too themed a Lego. So any Lego will do. The, the official kits are great, but really you can just go down to your local retailer and just get a nice mix of basic bricks, a few minifigures, and uh, you're, you can get going with Lego Series Play. Okay. So in terms of the... The, the documentation then there's a method um there's the open source document um there is the official kit i think you called it the soup the last time we spoke trainers turning up with a giant bag of all kinds of lego pieces yeah so i called the lego uh, i call it a lego soup because one of the people i taught that's what they described it as i'm like yeah it makes sense um and what it is it's i use a combination of there's actually four um official lego series play kits and i use a combination of two of the best ones and just pile it in and it's like a, a few thousand bricks for a group of six people and it's just this this mismatch of stuff that people can put their hands in and run through and dive in well not dive into but dive their hands into and so yeah i i do the lego soup but um like i said anything anything really works and you've written a book, which is very helpful. Um, you have your all own LSP community. Let's talk about that for a moment, because you mentioned community at the top of the episode. Um, what is the value behind the community, and, and why did you create the LSP community? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a few different communities that are floating around out there. Um, I've started one that's very open. So the, the, the LSP community in its entirety has sort of fragmented a little bit. So it, it started with one particular group and it was very closed and so another one started and, and often these communities are sort of driven or aligned to who you trained with which i don't know sounds ridiculous but the, the community that i've developed is just it's just open anyone can come along doesn't matter who you trained with it doesn't matter if you've trained or not um if you're just new and you're asking questions you can come along and join that community um and so the community is a big part of it the, the book you mentioned the, the method itself, while there, the open source document is available, the method has been sort of shrouded in a bit of mystery. And so you, you had to, up until you know, a few years ago, you had to go to one of these three or four day certification training sort of sessions to get, get the goods, to learn the full method. Um, and I just thought to myself, I run those programs and they're fantastic. Um, but I just thought there's so many people that are either priced out of it or they can't get to it, particularly in the last year and a half. And so there's been a few of us writing some books. So there was one written back in 2016, um, and I wrote one um, a year ago back in um, sort of 2020. And it just opens up the method. It says, look, you don't have to be certified. If you want to read the book, if you want to just learn everything and just do it yourself, then you can. And some people that's fine for. Some people want to go further and get certified and attend a live training or a virtual training to get more um, sort of personalized learning or a different learning experience. But the idea is to have different, different not levels because they all get you to the same point, but it's just different modalities and different ways and different price points that people can get into Lego Serious Play. Because um, in the end, my vision for this mark is that everyone is doing it. Like literally every office block, not even just office, but just out in the community, you have a bag of Lego and people know how to do Lego Serious Play. And um, yes, there's some people that will pay more to learn it faster and in more depth, but there are a lot of people that um, a book is, is going to be fine and they can test the waters. And people can get your book on Amazon and Book Depository. Yeah, so it's called the LSP Method. And um, yeah, you can, you can also go to lspmethod.com. It's there. There's a couple of free chapters. I'm even thinking of popping it, you know, a PDF up there for free for a month or two, um, just the whole book. Um, but yeah, the idea is if, 
just just read it and see if it see if it clicks and test it and use it and and for some people that'll be it they'll be like oh no it's not for me and a lot of people will be like oh my god this is amazing and i want to know more and you mentioned a couple of links. I'll provide those, of course, in the show notes. So if someone has the book, they've gone through the book, they have um, an understanding of the the methodology. I suppose what intrigues me is if I start knocking on doors and say to a bank, for example, in my neighborhood, um, you know, a, a national bank, um, I can train you guys in, on uh, on Lego, using Lego to facilitate ideation and, and strategic thinking, et cetera. Um, is there help to help people to position that uh program, particularly in a market where people may not really take it seriously and uh, might struggle to, you know, engage? Because I'm thinking of people who might say, I'd like this, I'd like this as an offering, but how would I actually get support in positioning this as a product, not just as a toy? Yeah, for sure. I can talk about that. One thing I do want to mention, Mark, though, is there's sort of two different use cases for LEGO Serious Play. So there is, there is with clients and there's a specific um, topic or you know it could be the strategy we want to help develop the strategy it could be around culture or there's there's usually a specific um, topic and there's a sort of finite you know one two three four hour workshop that you work on that thing using the lego series play method and my recommendation is when you learn the method is you always start there and i i did i learned it and i spent a couple of years just running client workshops on specific issues where they would get me in each time. And then I really understood the method. And then with my training background, then I started training other people to do it. So I personally wouldn't recommend off the bat people going in and saying, look, I can I can teach your people how to use Lego to run their meetings. I would say, okay, I've got these topics or I've got these, these things that I'm already good at. And now I've got this cool, very exciting um, new method that can get good results. And let's run a few. Um, and then a few years down the track, if you've run, you know, hundreds or, you know, tens and hundreds of these, then maybe think about, okay, I can, I can start spreading that knowledge as well. Um, so in terms of just getting your foot in the door, so yeah, there's a few things that I've done that have worked in the past. And one of them is trying to lower the barrier to entry for, for experiencing Lego Serious Play. So the thing is, if you get people in the door and they experience it, a lot of people want to do more of it because it's just hard to talk about, sort of like we are on this podcast. But it's more when people experience it, then they get it, they really get it, and they want to do more. So you just got to get people in the room. And one of the ways I do that is a thing called a lunch and learn. And so it's just an hour-long session that I, I do for free for any organization that wants to do it. And I get however many people they want in a room, and I just do an hour session with them. And and. The, the format that I use is actually in the book. You can just use it. And so what that ends up doing is the people that come along to that lunch and learn, because over lunch, we're not, we're not missing work time. It's I'm a bit innovative. I'm a bit creative. I'm doing this over my lunchtime. And so what you end up with is people that want to be there and then a few of those want to do more. And so you end up doing it with their teams and then people hear about it and want to do it with their teams and you end up with a lot of word of mouth um, work from that. But like anything where you're going out by yourself, it is a lot of work to start up and get that sort of flywheel going. I mean, I've been doing Lego Series Play for about eight years now, and I don't have to go do too much outbound marketing, but, you know, I still do have to do three sessions to generate, you know, business and things like that if, if that's, you know, that's where you're, you're sort of headed with it. And I'm sure the book has helped, of course, adding credibility, authority to your brand. Well, yeah, I mean, part of that's why I wrote the book, but I mean, part of it was just I want, to, I want people to, to have the knowledge because I don't think it should be locked up. Like I'm here in Melbourne, Australia. And look, I've probably taught through physical certification workshops and virtual. I do a self-paced online one as well. 
maybe like three, four hundred people over the time. I mean, it takes a while because, you, you know, it's, it's, it's an in-depth course. And so I'm thinking, well, if I'm only teaching in my lifetime, if I'm only going get, to get to a couple of thousand people, then why not just put that knowledge in the book and um, just give it to people and let them go? I love hearing emails about, oh, thanks for the book, loved it, this is what I did with it. And, you know, you don't make much from books, but that, that email is priceless. And in terms of certification, so people, again, listening might think, hey, I like this. I love the idea of um, being paid to play with Lego. But seriously, there is an application here. But um, if someone wants to start off, you offer a certification, right, to help people like me, trainers out there, facilitators to certify in Lego Serious Play. Yeah, so I do. And there's a few of us around the world that do this certification. And it's interesting, the term certification, because there's no, there's no official standard. There's, the Lego group are very hands-off. They have nothing to do with this certification. So it is very community-driven. And so what we've all come to, the, the big trainers, the people, there's about five or six of us that train this, this method in a lot of depth. We, we do it on a two, a three, or a four-day course. And we, we find if you do that and you do it to a certain level, then we give you that that title of you know certified facilitator of Lego Serious Play, and and what that does is it shows to people, to potential clients, or to colleagues that you were serious about it, and that you you spent the time you know to learn it learn it in depth with the support of someone who who knows the method in detail. And so it's great to put on LinkedIn, and it's great to be called a certified facilitator, and it just adds a bit of that credibility. And having said that, you know no client of mine really ever asked to see my certification. It's just you you have the confidence and you know. That you've spent the time to really learn it well. So that takes about, well, a couple of days. Um, are there other tasks to do or to learn or things to, to, to get involved in to kind of build that initial groundwork of capability beyond just the certification? Mm, yeah. So, I mean, as you know, any learning experience is just the start. So when we were doing in-person certifications, you would get to experience it and you get to facilitate it in those two, three or four days. When it's virtual, which we've been doing a bit over the last year and a half, um, I, I often get people with my ones to go out and run sessions and then come back. And so there's been some good things about the pandemic and the needing to go virtual is we've, we've spaced out stuff a bit more. So, you, you know, you go off, you run these sessions, you come back a week later and reflect or a day later and reflect. And so there's been some benefits to it, but it's usually just getting in and doing it. So, you know, the courses are often a, a big, big pile of knowledge and a bit of practice, but as you know, Mark, it's, it's then about applying it and, the ones that do that successfully are just just go and do it. And, you know, it's like I did it. I, I fumbled first few times. Like this, the second session I ran, oh, my God, the stories, I could tell you it was it was horrifying. Um, I, I think I did every bad thing in the book. and um, But it's, I mean, it still worked out okay, and I learned a lot from it, and it makes for good stories and all, all the red flags that I learned about to, as a facilitator to not do. Um, but in the end, it's just, it's just about doing it. It's about executing it and... Um, you just learn from every session. I'm still learning. That's why I love it. Well, I'm going to provide some links to for listeners. Um, I'll provide them in the outro to, today, to today's episode. Also on trainingbusiness.com, the episode-specific page. Where would you like people to go to connect with you and find out more about what you offer? Yeah, so, I mean, there's two places. So LinkedIn is always great. I always love connecting with people on LinkedIn, and you can always chat with me there. Um, LSP Methods, so LSP, that stands for Lego Series Play, so lspmethod.com. That's where I put um, a lot of my stuff around um, the book and also this online course that I have. Um, I also have an Australian website, this company that I run, I started with called Pivotal Play. Um, that's more an Australian-based one where we do, you know, Australian-based things in terms of 
physical in-person workshop. So there's a few ways to find me, but really just LinkedIn, like connect with me and ask me questions there. Or I, I just love connecting up with, with people. Brilliant. Michael, thank you so much. I, it's been a long time uh, coming. I've wanted to talk about Lego Series Play for a while now. Uh, so I'm glad we did. Thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. You're welcome. A huge thanks to Michael for speaking to us live today from Melbourne in Australia. Um, I, I've got loads from that and I'm really excited to talk about Lego today with Michael. I grew up with Lego, so it's wonderful to know that I have an excuse now to play with Lego. But it's just expanded my mind in terms of the ways that you and I can offer even more things to our clients. And in some respects, as you've heard from Michael, it still is greenfield. And what I mean by that is that there still is room out there for people just like you and your brand to offer something like Lego Series Play or Lego as a tool to your clients, perhaps a different way of helping them to break through challenges and to engage in creative thinking. And you can find out more about Michael and his programs by visiting michaelfern.com. I'll provide, of course, the links from today's episode on trainingbusiness.com. You can also find Michael via lspmethod.com, that's lspmethod.com, or lspcommunity.com. And of course, you can connect with Michael on LinkedIn, that's Michael Fern. You can find his book, which is called The LSP Method, on Amazon, Book Depository, or a range of other bookstores. You can even perhaps find LSP method in your local bookstore or even order it there. But my sincere thanks to you for your time, for investing your time today and listening to this podcast. And I'd love to know that you're coming back again next week. It's my aim every single Thursday without fail to have an episode designed not just to talk about, but to help you wherever you are in your journey of helping people in your business. And if you've got great ideas for episodes, content, speakers, authors, the kinds of people who influence you, the kinds of people who impress you, I'd love to have them on the show. So please drop me an email. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. I'd love to know what you find value in. Give me some feedback, give me some direction, and let me know the kinds of episodes and content that you'd love to have featured on the platform or on trainingbusiness.com. Please subscribe, costs nothing, takes a couple of seconds and validates what I and the team do. But until next Thursday, when which I think is almost the last episode before Christmas, um, I look forward to your company then. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.